Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I am your host, Mike Moynihan, this week, every week. And uh, yeah, we're in October already. It's like, oh my gosh, Uh, playoff baseball is coming. That's going to be awesome. We'll see who ends up winning the World Series. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We are in the midst of football season, which is great. It's just this, I love the fall. Sports in the fall is pretty darn great. If you're a sports fan, which of course I am, and probably most of you are as well, if you're watching this show. You guys know normally I do episodes that are a bit longer, you know, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, slightly over an hour. And the long form is great, but that's usually when I have a guest and when I have a topic that I want to go through and, and things like that. But there are times when, Like today, I'm going to be just going through a a relatively quick topic. And I have quite a few of those, so I'll just kind of sprinkle in these solo episodes when necessary, because there's so many parts of this hobby that, that I can cover and go through. And a lot of the questions that I get through direct messages on Instagram, which, oh, by the way, is Baseball Collector Mike. So if you want to reach out on Instagram, please do. Uh, I get a ton of, of viewer questions that revolve around me. You know, what do you think about X, Y, Z? And another question I get all the time is, Mike, what are you targeting? What are you looking for? What are you? What cards are you going after? And that's a, a pretty difficult question to answer. And yet kind of a simple question to answer because the reality of it is, is I have on my kind of ultimate want list, uh, 832 cards. I just looked before I hit record so that I could have the accurate number. And that's a number that's ever changing. Uh, Usually goes down when I acquire something new. It only goes up if say a new Hall of Famer is elected or something and there are new cards of Hall of Famers that I wanna add to kind of my ultimate want list. And that want list is everything from Vintage set registries I'm working on, uh, Hall of Famer cards, autographs, you name it. Everything that I kind of want is on that list. And it was important to me a long time ago uh, to have that kind of a list because when you have as many projects as I do, some people are much more focused looking for far fewer things. But when you have a lot of projects, it's you got to keep up with it honestly. And there's still times that I forget to take something off my list after I acquire it or whatever. And that's 
pretty annoying actually, but I, I do it still, uh, even though I try to be incredibly meticulous about removing cards from those want lists. And so as I'm going through this list of 800 items, I'm like, you know, if there were 10 that I could get, these would like pick 10 and narrow it down to 10 that if you could have 10, like which 10 would you really want? And some of them are very expensive and some of them aren't. I'm going to go through them and kind of explain why they're in my list of 10, why, where they fit in my collection. It kind of lets you into the, to the way I think and the way uh, my collection works. But the reality is Wagner's on the list. I'll never have one. I'm just, I'm just never going to own a T206 Honus Wagner. Uh, a 52 tops mantle is on the list, but it's not on the top 10. Like these are cards that are kind of not on, not in the top 10 because I wanted to use 10 cards that I thought, you know, I could realistically get that in the not too distant future. The mantle is kind of way down the road for me in terms of the 52 tops mantle, because I've made it a goal now that as I work through what I call the five decade set, which is every hall of famer pictured on fifties through the eighties, um, 50s, 60s, 70s, four decade set. I don't know why I called it the five decade set, four decade set. As I go through that, that's kind of the last card I want to get. Like if I ever get really close, these are all lifetime goals too, like lifelong pursuits. These are all, to me, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a, it's the, it's the joy of going through the journey. It's the, you know, picking up a card here, picking up a card there. I mean, even if I got, I don't know, a hundred cards a year off the 800, I'd, which is two a week, essentially, I'd be, you know, uh, eight years down the road before I was finished. And it only gets harder as I um, either A, Hall of Famers are added and the list gets longer, or B, I knock off some of the low hanging fruit, the, the cheaper cards, it only gets more expensive. And so the pickups will become less and less frequent as we get further down the road there. Um, but I, I've kind of said like once, if I get all these, like I have a pretty darn good collection, but then it, it always does this man, when you're collecting and I'll get to the, the 10 cards I'm targeting here in a minute, but I'm, I'm going off on a little side tangent here. I, I've gotten a couple of complete sets lately. Uh, I got a 78 tops and a 77 tops set uh, raw in binders. Raw, of course, they're raw. They're not all graded. But just, you know, ungraded sets and binders. I already have those two sets in a box, you know, the traditional 800 count box or whatever. And one of my dreams always has been to have Every top, every base tops card that they've produced from 1951 until today, and so I went through and I and I made a list of how many of those I have, and I think I'm close to 80 percent because I have every top set from '73 to now, and you know they're all in boxes, uh, with the exception of like my '60 set, '70 tops, '65 tops, the kind of the vintage sets that I've worked on, and. I'm like, that would be a cool goal. It's probably one of those goals that I don't only do if like going back and continuing these vintage sets only if I get a lot of other stuff done. Like those, have, those are lower on the priority list for me, or if, you know, they kind of fell into my lap, so to speak. But what I did was I took the 78 top set, put it in new pages 
um, in a binder. Because how cool, I mean, just the idea to me of having a wall of binders with every top set, you could pull it down and just thumb through the set and just check it out. How cool would that be? My problem and predicament is space. I don't really have a ton of space left in my card room to put a display like that or to, to house all that. There are several friends that I know that are set collectors and they just, that's kind of their thing. And so uh, they, they, it looks really, really cool. And I'm very uh, impressed by how they do it. I was going to say jealous, but that's not true. I'm not jealous. I'm just, I'm impressed with how they do it, how they organize it and all of that. So that would be kind of a, a furthering once, you know, I kind of get through this list more. And, you know, again, I want to have things that I can collect. And first of all, you can't have everything and you can't have it all. But I think getting every tops card made isn't an unrealistic goal or unreasonable goal. Uh, but there are some, again, some things on my my list of ultimate want lists that are unreasonable. Like, uh, again, I'll never own a Wagner mantle will be way down the road, that kind of thing. So I included 10 cards that I thought were reasonable of what I could get, you know, again, in the not too distant future. So let's just start going through it. And I'll explain why these cards are meaningful to me in my collection and, and why I'm targeting them. Why I'm kind of, they're kind of top of mind for me when I go to shows and, you know, that's, that's kind of more of what it is for me. It's not that I want these more than the other ones. I want them all pretty equally, but these are just cards that are on top of mind because they fill certain holes or, or multiple check boxes, so to speak. So the first card on my list of kind of 10 cards that I'm targeting is the 1953 Bowman color Gil Hodges. And the, the reason uh, I, I want this card and I'm showing pictures of the card. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I am just showing a, a PSA graded version of it just mainly because the pictures would all be the same size. Um, but I want this Gil Hodges 53 Bowman color because it is, um, the last card that I need for the 1953 Bowman color set. And I just, for the hall of famer run anyway, for that set. And, uh, it's one that's just kind of eluded me for a long time. I, I never really thought Hodges would get in the hall of fame. And now that he, I mean, now that he is, I'm regretting not buying all these cards years ago because the reality is they're super expensive. Now there's not a ton of graded versions that, uh, they were more plentiful pre hall of fame election, all that kind of stuff. And so this is just a super cool card uh for that i i love the evitz field in the background on it i mean it's just a, a really neat looking card um and all of these you know this isn't a super crazy expensive card but it's not cheap either and finding it's another thing you know so uh the grades probably not nearly as important i'm going to probably talk about like what grade i'm looking for uh it it might come up in terms of affordability if i if i bring it up today but the Hodges is number one. Number two, 1952 Tops Mini Minoso. On this 52 Tops, he's named Orestes Minoso. Uh, but Mini Minoso's rookie card, White Sox, uh, great card. Uh, again, this is the old, man, I wish I would have gotten this. This is a 
Hall of Fame rookie for me that I don't have. It would be a, a great add. It's from the you know classic 1952 top set. So lots of things going on for this car to be great to be a you know one of those uh, rookies that I could have picked up super cheap uh, not not that long ago pre-election for Minoso, and now it's it's gotten pretty pricey. Uh, but all you know all those guys that got elected, all their cards went up. So the Minoso rookie would be another one that I'm looking for. Next up, 1952 Bowman, Willie Mays. So of Willie Mays' entire run of cards, I'm only missing three. I'm missing the 53 tops. I'm missing the 52 tops and I'm missing the 52 Bowman. And to me, the desire to get the 52 Bowman is simply because I think it's the most obtainable of those three in terms of cost and, and kind of the next one that I want to add. Uh, it, it's a great card. I love 52 Bowman, the, the full image. Uh, it's very clean design. And the, the Maze cars, card is great in that set. So that that's number three on my list. And these aren't in any particular order, honestly. I'm just... Those, they're basically in the order that I'm showing you the pictures, but it's not like I want this one the most or, or the least. It's just, these are 10 equally weighted in terms of desire to own. The 1949 Jackie Robinson, I, I think this is on, if you don't own one, I think most collectors would love to own a, a 49 Bowman Jackie Robinson. This is way more obtainable than the Leaf, the 49 Leaf uh, in terms of Jackie Robinson rookies. And I, I think it's a clean card. I like the leaf better, honestly, but the leaf is significantly more expensive. So right now I'm more targeting the, the Bowman. I'd, I'd like them both eventually in my collection. But for now, I, I think if I got the Bowman, I'd be pretty stoked. And kind of the any presentable grade is good enough for me. But just an unbelievably awesome card, the, the 49 Bowman Jackie. Speaking of 49 Leaf, is the Stan Musial from that set is also on my list of 10 cards I want to add. Uh, this has been a card that I targeted significantly at the National last year, and I ended up not getting it and going with the 49 Bowman uh, Satchel Page, and I bought a 53 Tops Mantle. So the Leaf uh, Musial kind of got pushed to the back burner, and I still really want this card. I still really love this card. And it's now, you know, significantly at top of mind for me as I start going to other big shows and stuff like that. Again, I, I'm showing it here in a PSA 7. I would never be able to afford a, a grade like that. But, you know, it's a gettable card. It's out there. It's reasonable for what it is. Uh, so that's... I just love the blue background on it and all those things. I just, I really would love this to add this mutual card to my collection. Next up, the 41 Playball Pee Wee Reese. Hall of Fame rookie, check. 300 great cards by Mike Payne, check. So it fills a couple of boxes for me. It's not part of the four decade set, but it's definitely still one of those cards that I would love to own. I love the 41 play ball set. I actually like the 40 play ball set even more, which is probably uh, unusual compared to most collectors out there. They prefer the 41 play ball because it's color. I like the 40 play ball because it's actually 
a photograph instead of a colored photograph like in 41. It's got natural backgrounds on 40 play ball. It, it is black and white, and, and I get a lot of people don't like that. The 40 play ball also has a lot of past stars in it, so I, I really just gravitate towards it. It's, it's a really great set. So is 41 play ball, no doubt. But uh, I, I prefer the 40s. But I still would love to add this, this Pee Wee Reese 41 play ball to my collection as a Hall of Fame rookie and 300 great cards card. So that would be that's that's up there. And this is reasonably affordable. You know, it's four to five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars. It's under a thousand bucks. You know, it's not a comma card. So it's not that you can't get them. And so it's it's pretty high up there in my frame of mind. The 1939 Playball Ted Williams. Oh man. Uh again. There's so many of these cards that like A, either people can't believe I don't have them yet, or B, uh, there's Norman barking. He's so ill-timed when he starts barking. But uh the 39 Playball Ted Williams, it's just one of those classic cards. I, I absolutely love the swing of Ted in this card. Uh it's very clean, it's just awesome. So Finding one of these in, a, in you know a lower grade would be great. It's a super expensive card in any grade, and so it's, I'm going to have to find the right one and the right deal. Next up is the only autograph card on my list here of all these cards, but it's kind of one of the holy grails of autograph collectors. If you're a Hall of Fame autograph collector, just an autograph collector in general, this is one of the holy grails, and it's the 1994 Upper Deck Mickey Mantle King Griffey Jr. Dual Autograph. It was way popular from the moment that these came out. And it has only gotten more and more popular over the years as autograph collectors have all, all view this as the Holy Grail. I mean, it's a it's a five-figure card pretty much any way you slice it if you're going to get it graded, if you're going to buy it graded. Uh, this is, again, one of those cards. All of these cards are cards that are expensive enough where to me buying them graded is kind of the only way I'd want to do it because they're all cards that have been faked, altered, reprinted, duped, whatever. And and I don't, I want to minimize the chance that that would happen to me on these cards. So definitely would want to buy it graded and it, it fits in the PSA set registry. Although I'm not opposed to buying them in an SGC holder or something like that, that wouldn't, uh, you know, keep me from buying it by any means, but preferred in a PSA holder just for, again, consistency throughout my collection. But this Griffey Mantle dual autograph is, whew, it's pricey, but uh, hopefully someday, you know, uh, maybe I should just call this my wish list. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. And the next one is it maybe in a, surprise to some of you the uh, 38 Gaudi Bob Feller uh, this is by, considered by most people Feller's rookie it's a 300 great card card of the 20th century by Mike Payne it is just so cool that this set often called the heads up set you know because it's it's basically a cartoon a caricature of the player with a photograph of their head kind of put on top of it and I really want the one they call it with squigglies, you know, it's basically got all these little uh, pictorials within the frame of the card. There's one that's, that's also a, a blank background, uh, nothing on the background, 
but I kind of prefer the Squigglies one. The DiMaggio of this set is also very sought after, highly sought after, a great card. And again, none of these are cheap, but uh, I would love the Feller. I just think that's such a, a cool card and just a great, I love Bob Feller. So, and the last card out of the 10 is a T206 Cy Young. Cy Young has multiple T206 cards, uh, but one where it, it it says Cleveland, he's in the Cleveland uniform, bare hand th shows is the one that I want. And that's because it is part of the 300 great cards set registry, which is was kind of the first set registry that really got me going on collecting all kinds of different vintage stuff. Uh, and I, who wouldn't want a playing day Cy Young card? I certainly do. I don't have any as of now. And to add a card like this, if I'm going to add one, I guess is how I think I'd, I want to add this one because it fits that, that set registry. And there's really just hard to argue if you got any Cy Young cards in your collection. But again, if I had to choose, then, then that's the one I would choose. So that is kind of my list. Uh, again, I know a uh, much shorter episode today. I don't have much more to say about that. I would love if you're watching on YouTube, you know, leave me comments, you know, what, what cards are you targeting? What cards are kind of on your wish list? That'd be cool to know. We all have things we want. I think it's important as much as I love showing you what I am going to go get. I, I also love what I have. And it's so funny how we collectors often focus on the what's next and not the what's already there. Uh, I try to balance that a lot uh, when I'm just looking through collections, pulling out a drawer of the beast and just, you know, thumbing through cards and looking at what I have and enjoying it and savoring it. Uh, Cause I'm very blessed. I have a great collection, no doubt. And I just, there's always the, <laughs> there's always something else. And so again, just try to balance that, try to enjoy what you have, try to, you know, buy within your means. You know, those aren't 10 cards I can just go buy tomorrow. If I wanted to, I have to save up like the rest of us and be uh, selective about the cards I choose, the price point I'm choosing, the grades I'm getting, all of those things factor into it. So that's just a little bit of a peek into what I'm thinking about and how my collection uh, will look hopefully in the future as I acquire a few of these things. So as always, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And let me know what you think down below. We'll catch you guys soon. And as always, keep collecting.